You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 139. Hi guys, welcome back to the episode of the Home Staging Show. So, just a quick reminder: our monthly staging challenge that is free is closing on the 25th of this month. So it's coming up really soon. So if you're interested in submitting your home staging project before and after photos, just go to stagingawards.com. Slash challenge to find out more information about this month's theme. We're also going to send selected projects onto Apartment Therapy as well. I've been chatting with the editor; they're really interested in featuring stagers for their real estate section. So definitely, this is a great opportunity for you to get some press if selected. Definitely take advantage of that and enter your project because we can't feature you until we see your project. So it's simple as that. So just take advantage of this free opportunity and go to stagingawards.com/challenge. We're also going to link all these links in the show notes. So if you ever need to find something, just go to our show notes at stagingawards.com/podcast and find the episode. I actually did two free workshops last week and also another one yesterday for those of you who are just starting out or about to start your home staging business. So if you have missed it, this is the edited audio from those live workshops. We are finishing up our early bird enrollment for our career certificate program. The early bird is going to end tomorrow, Thursday, September twenty third at eleven fifty nine p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're interested in enrolling, just go into stagingworld.com/slash/certificate to take a look at the program and also our teaching team and all that good stuff. And then in the workshop, I also talk about our stage pass because that's really how I would feel. If I were to start my home staging business again, and how I would approach in building my home staging business, so the stage path is really something I develop with a curriculum developer. We got together and I kind of map out how I think home staging business ideally should progress, and also based on the experience we learn from teaching and also from feedback from our students to see what really is some of the best practices for people to build successful home staging business. So there was a little bit. Slightly, you know, data and science behind the idea of the curriculum of our stage path. So yeah, so if you're interested, it's all laid out in the certificate program on our website. So you can actually see what the stage path is about. And if you don't want to be in part of our certificate program, that's totally fine. You can still build your home staging business by do it yourself, but following that similar pattern. And I do explain it in the workshop as well. I think also it's really important to understand what are some of the common challenges and also common traps and the shiny object syndrome and mindset blocks when you're first starting out, because they actually all. Are fixable. They're very easily avoided. But sometimes, when you're first starting out, you don't know what you don't know, and what you don't know can cost your business. So I just want to point those things out so you can be aware of them when you're starting out or you're just about to start out your home staging business. So for the podcast itself, we actually edit out all the promo and sell stuff as well as the live Q and As. But if you have any questions about running your home staging business in general, you can always DM us on Instagram at instagram.com/stageformore, and I'll answer your questions on our Wednesday Instagram Live. So on every Wednesdays from twelve to one p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I go live. It's what I call the Hump Day Lunch Hour, and also we just finished all the course platform migration last week, so we not only move. Our website from Squarespace 7.0 to 7.1. I also spend days migrating our course website as well. So the course platform, the new one, it's really amazing. It's like social media network. It's basically like Facebook, but without all the noise and without all the ads. And one of the things I really want to do in the upcoming. Quarters is really try to promote our community because that's something I learned from putting on SagerCon. I just love the experience I had hosting SagerCon, and it's kind of becoming a key pillar in our home staging business. I really love the idea of bringing people together, bringing sagers together, especially passionate sagers want to work on their business, who are serious about their business. So I really want to create a community space that is really safe and supportive for everyone who's in it. And that's why I want to migrate to this new course platform. So if you're interested in checking it out, just go to sagemore.school. For those of you who are already enrolled in any of our courses, you should already gotten the invitation emails last week 
for the migration. If for some reason you didn't get anything, please definitely check your junk mail folder or reach out to our support team at support at chmore.com. And we'll try to sort out as soon as possible for you to make sure your course access is not interrupted. But for those of you who have not joined us on a course, you can still access our community platform. All you do is just register your profile. So the public facing part is really kind of like the public virtual main lounge of our school. So just imagine you're going to visit a university and you go to the building and the inside past the receptionist, there's that main area where everyone hang out. That's basically the front of our house, our living room. So just come on in, grab some tea, and then enjoy. I really want you to connect with other like-minded home stagers. So please do come in and create your own profile and meet other stagers from around the world. It's really so much nicer than being on Facebook, not to mention there's no more ads and also no noise either. So just go to stagemore.school. This is our public main virtual lounge for our school of home staging. And you can hang out with anyone in our public lounge. We also set up two free groups in there for you to interact with each other further. So one is the podcast listener group and the other one is a book club. So come join us in our free community. The other thing I really want to do is start organizing free community talks, but actually not me doing the talking. It's actually you, the audience. I think there's a lot of topics out there that are really like nuances of our businesses that I can't really create a workshop or a course on, but I think it's very interesting and never talk about. For example, what is it like being a mom and running a home staging business, whether it's part-time or full-time? How do we juggle that as a parent? I personally, am a single woman, I'm not a parent, so I don't know what to say about that. But I'm really interested in creating conversation for those of you who are moms or dads in the group on how to deal with parenthood and balancing family and starting your business. Or if you are a stager over 50, you're starting out, what is that like for you? All of us can bring something really amazing to the community. So if you're interested in hosting a community talk, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Just DM me at Sage on Instagram, or you can just join our free community and you can actually message me directly. It's just like Facebook. You can do like the messenger or you can like start a public chat. We will set that up for you, like a Zoom meeting within the platform. And for those of you who are excited about SagerCon next year, we're going to be using this platform as well. So one of the great things about this platform is actually we now have an app on both iPhone and Android, I believe, so that you can actually directly go through the chat and interact with people from your phone. So that's something that I really love about this. I think this will come in super handy when we do SagerCon 2022. I'm so excited. When we figure out the tech for the platform, like Cordy and I were like, don't you just want to organize a SagerCon tomorrow? I think this will be so exciting. But anyway, The other thing I'm thinking about is possibly closing down our public Facebook group because there's not really a lot of interactions out there. And, you know, it's really hard to build a community if the community is not talking. So I'm thinking about actually leaving Facebook completely and then just focusing on our new community platform. Anyway, I'm always interested in knowing what you think about everything. So feel free to DM me on Instagram or once you join our free community at sagemore.school, feel free to message me there as well. All right, so without further ado, let's start the show. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining me on today's free workshop. I'm really excited to talk to you about what to expect when you're starting your home staging business. I started out as a home stager here in San Francisco Bay Area, and I've done that for about 12 years since 2006. And then in 2017, I decided I want to teach instead, part of it also because I wanted to get my master's degree. So I feel that I still don't want to leave staging because I really enjoy staging. And I feel like I actually could make much more impact teaching. So I started teaching internationally. And our school really focuses on providing modern that is up to date and practical and no nonsense education for home stagers. And I've been teaching internationally since 2016. And I do teach in person occasionally as well. My last teaching post was actually at University of Arts in London. So do say hello on Instagram. We're on Instagram all the time. And you can find us on Instagram at Sage for More. So we're going to talk about a few things today. So we're going to talk about the basics of starting a home staging business. 
What are some of the solid building blocks to set the right foundation for your home staging business? And then also some of the shiny objects to avoid because we don't want to have things that are basically major time suck of our home staging business. I think that's something that's really important. And then also how to invest your limited time and resources in the very beginning. So first thing first, usually what we found through the past few years teaching and doing community office hour is that the common challenges that beginner stagers face are usually overwhelmed. They don't know where to start yet. And then also they're distracted by shiny objects. So they're not really maximizing their time and limited resources, but most of us started out probably with a very limited funding. Whether you're self-funded or you borrow money from friends and family, it's not like a huge quantity of it. We had really had to bootstrap in the beginning. So we really had to pay attention to what exactly we're investing on. And the last part really is lack of confidence. We're going to talk about a few different things about that and then how to basically conquer all these common challenges. I'm not really going to go into in terms of business models for home stagers because you can Google that very easily. A lot of home stagers do vacant staging, do occupy staging, do consultation, Airbnb, et cetera, et cetera. You can find a lot of those resources on our website as well. So I'm not really going to go in depth in terms of what kind of services home stagers can offer because you can just simply Google that and find out a great deal of that. Today, we're going to talk about how to troubleshoot the common challenges and how you can avoid making those mistakes. So the first thing is overwhelm. This is the number one thing I get all the time. A lot of new stagers are starting out their business or they're in the beginning phase and they're not sure where to start. And it's very common because there's so much, right? So one of the things I really recommend is to break things down into manageable chunks. So just like that joke, how do you eat an elephant? You have to eat it one bite at a time. Whether it is an eclair or donut or an elephant, you have to eat it one bite at a time. It's very difficult for you to swallow everything in one bite. So it's the same thing about facing something when you feel overwhelmed. So the first thing I recommend you to do is research. You really need to research a list of things you have to get done before you start your home staging job. For example, you need a business license to operate. This should be true in probably most of the cities because they want tax income. They want to make sure you pay taxes. And this is why you need a business license. You're also going to need a tax ID because your federal government will require it so that you can pay taxes on your income. You also need to get liability insurance as well. We are going to be working in people's home very closely. So a lot of times you can actually put your home staging business at risk. So we need to make sure we are researching all the legal requirements before we start our home staging business. And then you start prioritizing and figure out the deadline for each task. And then you can complete your list one by one or do it concurrently. So for example, you're applying for a business license. Not usually it's a very simple process. You can simply just fill the business application and turn it in at your local city hall and then pay the business license usually is like 20 bucks, or at least it's 20 bucks here, depending on how much it is in your local government, it might be different. And then that's it, you have a business license. It can be actually very simple to get started, but how we can sustain and build a successful home staging business, that is a challenge later on. We actually have a home staging business startup checklist on our website that's free to download. It's not an exhaustive list, obviously, because it's impossible for us to aggregate a list of resources for every single possible city out there in the world. But I always recommend you to consult professionals in your, that are local in your area. This includes an attorney who specializes in small businesses. They're going to know the local ordinances or legal responsibilities you would need to have to operate legally in your city. This includes tax professionals as well. It's really important to set up your business properly so you're really maximizing your tax advantages. And that can look like many different things. There's many different factors that goes into it in terms of your legal entity. So definitely speak with a tax professional and then also a legal professional as well. But having a checklist, it's a good startup guide. And the other thing is you really need to learn the responsibility of a home staging business owner. Like what are some of the risks that can seriously put your home staging business at risk? What happens if you break something at a homeowner's house? What is the day-to-day -day like for a home stager? How are you going to maximize your time? How are you going to fulfill the project? 
So do a lot of research, read people's blog. A lot of stagers now write blogs about their day-to-day or they share them on Instagram. So start watching and start learning what is it like to really own a home staging business. And then obviously get the legal and financial responsibilities out of the way. You really need to learn that early on. How do I protect my home staging business? That is really your number one job. Especially most people are going to start with a sole proprietorship. And that actually means that if you were to get sued by your homeowner or your client, your personal asset can be liable, right? So those are some of the things that you need to pay attention to when you're first starting your home staging business. One of the things I was really surprised by when we start putting out content like this, people are emailing me and saying, I didn't know I need a business license, things like that. So you really need to make sure that you got the legal and financial requirement down. Your government, no matter what country you are, they're always going to want you to pay taxes. It's unavoidable. So you need to figure out what is the legal responsibility you have as a business owner. This is very, very crucial. The next challenge people usually face is that they are distracted by shiny objects. And the shiny objects are usually things that distract you from building your home staging business. And you can get distracted and you end up wasting valuable time and resources instead of prioritizing the key tasks you need to accomplish to build your home staging business. So these can be major money suck or major time suck or major resource suck. And we definitely don't want to do that at all. And one of the common examples I see all the time is people get, people hire a designer for like, multiple thousands of dollars to design a website and the logo. The thing is, it's great. I mean, you will get to do that at one point in your business, once you're established. But in the very beginning, you just need something simple and clean and clear that tells the story of who you are as a home stager. So you can very much well DIY it. You know, like we use Squarespace, for example. It comes already really pre-designed with templates. You just need to drag and drop your stuff in. And the other thing, too, is we see this in common for stagers who've been working for a while as well. Like they're working on their website. And they're not sure exactly who they're speaking to. So you really need to understand who your ideal client is. You need to figure that out. It's really too early on to design a brand personality for your company without knowing what your company is going to be about. This means what type of jobs are you going to be doing? What kind of neighborhood are you going to be doing? What you think that you're going to start your home staging business as could be very much different than what you end up doing. So when I first started, for example, I thought all I want to do was occupy staging or consultation because I didn't want to deal with vacant staging, like all the inventory and storage and moving all that stuff. But all the jobs I got in the very beginning were vacant staging projects. So very quickly, I had to decide, should I rent inventory or should I buy? You know, so those are kind of things that can change once you start working as a home stager. So that's the thing. You don't want to put yourself in a corner in the very beginning as well. And the other thing too is to have someone to, you know, do your logo and design your website. Those all cost money. And in the beginning, you probably don't have a lot of money. So you really need to invest it in something that's going to get you high return and high impact. The other thing too is I see this very common is people start buying inventory even before they start working. This is very dangerous because you might be buying a bunch of stuff on sale at Crane Barrel because you thought, wow, these look amazing. I just want them. But the thing is, you end up getting a job that is very traditional. So everything you just bought would not work in that house. So you just wasted all this time and money in the shop shopping, and you can't even use these inventory on your very first job. So it's really important to get the check first, get booked first for your first home staging project, and then you will start buying your inventory. I think that is very, very important. I've gotten calls from many stagers when I was working. They were starting out in the business. I remember this very vividly. Someone called me and she's like, I own $40,000 in inventory and I haven't even worked a job yet. And it's been 12 months. I have enough of it. I pay you know, storage units. I have all this inventory that I bought. But I'm not using anything because I just can't get a job. Do you want to buy some? So in the beginning, you really should define exactly where you're going to work, how you're going to work as a home stager. And then once you start getting jobs consistently, then you start buying or at least get the first job paid first. The other big component in the very beginning is lack of confidence. And this is very common. Even stagers who have been working for a while still face this all the time. You know, we talk about imposter syndrome. 
you're going to get it in the very beginning of your career, in the middle of your career, even like toward the mature stage of your career. I still get imposter syndrome all the time. But the thing is, you need to recognize who you are as a professional and then how can you really differentiate yourself as a professional in the marketplace. So one of the things I used to talk a lot about, me and my sister work together. She joined a company and we own the business together when we're staging. And I used to get really self-conscious. I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like our our photos look that great and all this stuff. And then my sister's just like, if we were really bad at our job, no one would hire us. And I was like, oh yeah, oh, that's true. So you really need to give yourself a mindset check here and there. Are you truly inadequate in running your business or are you actually just feeling a bit self-conscious? So it's really important that you are checking yourself all the time. We see this all the time that stops people from moving forward with their home staging business. They're afraid they're going to do something wrong. They're afraid they're not being an expert enough. They're afraid of failing. They're just overthinking, so they're not moving forward. And luckily, all these things can be changed. We can change that with our mindset. We can also change that by getting educated. So you can do it a few different ways. You can take a course. Obviously, it's like getting your own haircut. You can cut your own hair or have someone else cut it. When you have someone else cut it, it's much easier. They're going to be less stress, and then you can get to your goals faster. And the same thing with enrolling in a course that works for you. Good courses and good training is going to help you get to your goals faster and usually cheaper and less ugly crying. You can also do your own research as well. There's tons of information out there today. There's podcasts, there's blog, YouTube as well. We also do a free annual conference every year and that people have find that really helpful. It's called SagerCon. And then the other thing I really encourage you to is learn from real life experiences. I've done many training in my career as a home stager, but nothing compares to actually working on site because then you actualize the experience that you learned. Because a lot of times when you're doing trainings, at least in my experience with a more traditional mode of training, is you're sitting there for a few days and then you're absorbing what the trainer is teaching you. But the thing is, because you don't have experience yet, it's not actualizing in your mind. It's really abstract for you still. And I really actually find it very helpful to observe other sagers, how they work. So you can actually reach out to sagers that you admire in your neighborhood and then see if you can intern for them for a little while. Or start working as an assistant, because that's a really great way to learn on the job while being on someone else's dime. Like you're on someone else's dime to learn. You're getting paid to learn. So that's really amazing. Or just start working, start going out there, start getting clients, start really figuring out what works and what doesn't work in the marketplace. And lastly, what I found through teaching is that people really need support, even if they don't realize it. You either need support from your family and friends, or if all your family and friends work for a corporation and don't know what it's like, to own a small business, then you need support from your peers. This is why we push the community components so hard in our school, like doing SagerCon or International Home Stager Awards or podcasts or switching over to a new course platform. It's all because we want you to connect with other stagers in our community. We realize that courses are not enough because life happens, right? You get busy, things can get really crazy, and then you're falling behind on courses if it's on demand, Or simply, you need more support. You need sounding board. You need to ask questions. You know, there are challenges in businesses a lot of times. And we need to be able to go to someone to ask those questions. So that's why it's really important to figure out what works and what doesn't work in your business. So usually for any business, there are three big parts. The number one is a product. And number two is operations. And number three is the money. So in the product side, in this case for us, is our staging. That is the service that we're delivering. That's the product. But service is very abstract, right? Because it's not like a physical product. Like, for example, I got a mug here. It's a little bit different. When I ordered a mug, I know it's 15 ounce. I know inside is going to be yellow. There's going to be some sort of quality control, right? I expect if I order 10 of the same mug, they're all going to look the same. But for services, it's really hard because we can't really physically see it until it's done. So this is why it's really important to have a very consistent portfolio that communicate who you are as a home stager and to have a very consistent way of doing business. So people basically is hiring for consistency. Just have a think when you go to a restaurant, for example, let's say you go to McDonald's. 
Is it every time the burger is taste a little bit different or it's going to be the same experience every time, right? That's how they're going to guarantee the quality of it. There's some sort of quality control. Same thing when you go to Gap to buy a pair of jeans, you're going to expect this pair of jeans is going to have the same quality as the last time you bought it. And it's the same thing with their service. People are basically paying for the predictability. They're paying for the expectation. So it's really important that you're consistent in terms of your delivery, the way you work your business, and also have quality control on your inventory and everything. So the second part is really the operations. The operation will support your product delivery. So that's systems, workflows, templates, legal structure, inventory, buying inventory, moving, maintaining, storing. And then when you get to a bit bigger, you need to hire, you need to expand your team so that you can service all the demand that's coming your way. So then you need to start managing people as well. So it's going to become more and more complicated as you grow a little bit bigger. But to make the operations run, you need money. You need income. So that's marketing. It's attracting your ideal staging client, building relationship with your customers and vendors and partners as well sales, profit and losses, pricing expenses, and adding streams of income once you start growing a little bit bigger. So as you can see, these three parts work together. They are consistently tying into each other. And then anything you do essentially in the business, it's related to one of these parts of some sort, if not more than one. And in the very beginning, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what that product is going to be because you don't know your exact style and your niche yet. It does take a few more jobs. It does take a while for you to really figure out what exactly is your sweet spot. So for example, when I was staging, I specialized in the Sunset Richmond District in San Francisco and also Daly City and Pacifica. And the reason why I target these target market is because consistently, we can deliver a home that's roughly 1,800 square feet up to 2,200. That's usually about a two-bedroom house with an in-law unit downstairs, very similar floor plan. We can usually get that job done in five hours and have photography ready the next day by noon. So that is our kind of brand promise. That's something we can deliver consistently. And I know my sweet spot very well because it's a similar floor plan. The operation is a bit similar every single project with some variations. But usually the process is very similar. The inventory is going to be very similar as well because the size of the home is very similar. So I don't really need a wide variety of furniture. I just need a sofa that is roughly this X amount of size that's going to fit in those living rooms. Things like that. So it does take a while for you to really figure out what is your sweet spot yet. And in the beginning, it's also hard for you to pinpoint exactly what your operation is going to be like, because you're not working enough projects yet to know exactly what the operation is going to look like. So what you're going to focus on in the very beginning is the marketing, is the money part, because you need to work. You need working experience first to really start learning how to build the other two parts. So this is about attracting your ideal staging client. This is marketing yourself so you can start working. So what the beginner stagers should focus on, in my opinion, is A, you want to make sure you get hired. I think it's very important that you're getting hired so that you can experiment with different types of projects. So like I said, when I first started, I thought I was going to do occupied. I was not going to do vacant. But the first five jobs I got were vacant projects. So immediately, I need to figure out how do I fill up these houses. And the thing is, after I start doing a lot of vacants, occupies, and consultations, I realized that I actually really hate Occupy and I also don't like doing consultations. So I really like vacant. It's in and out very quick. It fits my personality very well. And it's like a staging dictatorship. I get to do whatever I want. Whereas Occupy, I really had to do a lot more handholding. And that personally did not really work for my work lifestyle. And also it wasn't really the ideal business structure that I wanted. So I really chose to focus on vacant home staging. But the thing is, I really wouldn't know until I experimented with a wide range of staging projects. It's the same thing. And now the business model really have changed. When I first started staging, the business model were really cookie cutter. Basically, all the training schools were teaching the three same things. It was just like doing vacant or occupy or doing consultation. But now we're really seeing a hybrid 
of business models out there for home stagers. So people are getting into vacation staging as well. They're doing online stuff, especially with COVID. People are actually doing vacant home staging services like curbside drop-off or even occupy staging over Zoom sessions. You know, there's a lot of different opportunities for you to explore out there nowadays, but you're not going to know until you try. So through the process of doing different types of work, you're also going to start figuring out your sweet spot in the marketplace. So when I first started, I want to do huge houses. I want to do luxury homes. I want to do 5,000 square feet. And then when I start doing them, I actually realized I hate them because I need to get large furniture. And my warehouse was already set up for my sweet spot. The home staging furniture texture is really hard. When we're doing loading and stuff like that, this made logistics a bit harder. So I realized actually I don't want to do luxury vacant homes. And also those agents are usually more pain in the butt. Also not great for my personality. I'm very direct, bing, bang, boom, done, right? That's how I stage. The toppers users I work with are the same way. We just like, boom, get it done, it's done. And if there's any issues, we talk it out and that's it. So, you know, you really have to figure out your working style as well, because you're going to attract people that really respond to the way you work too. And there are stagers who are obsessed doing luxury homes for those particular agents. And that is totally fine. You just have to find your own thing. The other thing too is when you start working more and more, you're going to start developing your own strength. You're going to realize what your strengths are. And those can actually become your market differentiator. So a lot of times when people are new in the business and they're like, well, I don't have any working experience yet. So I usually ask our students, like, what did you do before? Even if you were a homemaker, that is still a lot of skill set that you can implement into your home staging business, like project management skills, logistics, and all that stuff. A lot of students are coming in with other kind of interior related experiences. Like someone I met, she used to work for West Elm selling furniture. I mean, that is a great similar experience because you already know how furniture industry works. You know how to put colors and layout together and make the room look nice. I mean, visual merchandiser also make great stagers as well. These are all kind of really related, even though they're not exactly home staging. So you really want to figure out your inventory. Like, what is the inventory of you? What are your strengths? And how can that become your market differentiator? If you just look and sound the same like everyone else in the market, every stager is going to say, well, stage home is going to make house sell quicker and make more money you're no different than everyone else if everyone says the same thing. So it's important to find your market differentiator. Like what are some of the things that you can use from your previous life experience to really make you shine in the marketplace? And you also want to find out by working what you like and what you don't like in the staging business. So for example, I talk about, I like vacant. It's a dictatorship. I can move everything in, get it done in five hours and go home, eat chocolate, put my feet up. Well, that's not really the case. I usually have to go back and do paperwork. But yeah, I mean, those are kind of things. And then Occupy really did not work for my personality. And that could be total opposite. Like my friend, Bobby McGrath, she loves Occupy. I mean, she's built a whole career talking to people and making money that way. So it's really important to figure out what you like and what you don't like and what works for you and what kind of lifestyle you want in terms of your work lifestyle. And also, the more you do, you're going to get desensitized with all these fears and like mindset blocks that we talk about. You're going to start getting more confidence. You're also going to start building reputation and start refining your brand. You're going to figure out. So, for example, my style for staging is very transitional because in the Bay Area, we have a lot of older historical homes. There are Victorians or Edwardians, but obviously no one wants to live in like a red velvet interior, like Victorian stove, that kind of thing. So usually people modernized the inside, but they kept those architecture details, you know, like the medallion, the ceiling, the molding and stuff like that. So as a stager, I really need to figure out how can I make it happen? So my style is actually very transitional. I have a lot of more contemporary modern inventory, but I like to mix antique as well, like, you know, different pieces and stuff. I do shop a very wide variety of places. And so when you start working more and more, you're going to start building your portfolio and get more staging work because of your portfolio. So like I said earlier, you really want to focus on investing in things that get you high return investment and high impact. This means you need strategies, you need targeted effort as well. You really need to figure out who your ideal client is going to be. And so in terms of high impact and high return investment, you need to do marketing things that are a little bit harder. By sending an email, that is not great marketing. I'm sorry, because email is today's junk mail. I mean, I'm on my phone. I look at it. It's like 
with a headline. If it's something I'm not interested in, I just delete. And it's the same thing for your potential customer. You have to think like a real estate agent. Like, what are they going to be looking for when they're hiring a real estate agent? You need to think like your client. So you can definitely do it yourself in the very beginning. So when I first started, I had a lot of free times on my hands. So I learned search engine optimization on my own by reading tons of blogs, watched a lot of YouTube videos. I made my own website. I made my own business card. I made my own logo. This is before Canva and Squarespace. Okay, so I had to learn like, HTML, I had to learn like graphic design software, like Illustrator and all this stuff. It's not like now where it's on Canva, you have pre-made templates. But in the beginning, just take advantage of all the resources you can find and then start learning. And a lot of times you really need to focus on marketing action that's going to get you a lot of traction. So how can I be in front of large potential customers in the very short time frame? And I find that is usually presentation. So presentation is a really great way because they're going to come because they're interested, right? So you're in a way pre-qualified them. And now you got them all in the room. And because you are the trainer for the session, psychologically, they're going to see you as an authority figure. They're going to believe what you say. And instantly, you can build your credibility that way. It's also a really great way for you to connect with other professionals as well. I talked about earlier in the third part. In the money part, you are building relationship with other vendors, not just your customers and also partners as well. Like real estate photographer is a great person for you to partner up with. Same thing with mortgage broker. They all want to do business with real estate agents, but they're not competing dollars with you. So that is a really great way for you to partner up and then also double up your marketing dollars. So let's say you want to plan a seller seminar. And you got a mortgage broker and a real estate photographer on board. And you need a real estate agent. And there's someone, John Smith, that you really want to work with for a long time. Like he's a top producer in your neighborhood. It's exactly the type of house that you want on the stage. And so you just call up John Smith. Hi, Cindy from Stage for More. I'm planning a seller seminar that's going to take place next month. I already got 100 people signed up at this condo association. And I also got a real estate photographer and a mortgage broker on board to give presentation. But we need a real estate agent. Would you be interested? I mean, if I were John, 100 already signed up. It's like 100 people in the room that could be potentially my client. Of course, they're going to say yes, right? So it's a really good way for you to break eyes. So you have to figure out ways, what are some of the creative ways for you to get out there in a very efficient way, essentially. This is why I also encourage you to collaborate with others to market yourself and pull resources together. And that also can be other stagers in your market. So for example, Ashley Tapley of House Candy Staging, who I interviewed on my podcast, she talks about how she partnered up with this other stager, Kayla, in her neighborhood. So they actually already met beforehand, and then they met again in one of our courses, our Cash and Cushions Interior Staging course. They got connected, and then they start partnering up together. So they actually do presentation together, and they actually co-op their warehouse too. They rent each other artwork. They kind of share resources to make them stronger. And sometimes they do come up against each other for a proposal, but usually that works out anyway. You never know who your relationship might be with. But the thing is, as a real estate professional in general, you know, you just really have to go out there and network because those are things that are not as easy as sending out an email. That means less people are going to be doing it. So, you know, visiting open houses, for example, going to presentation, going to broker's tour, just start showing your face. Yeah, they might feel very scary in the very beginning, but you will get better at it. All right. So if you need a lot of marketing ideas, we got 50 on one of our blog posts. It's called 50 Marketing Ideas for Home Stagers to Generate Revenue. You can just go to our website and search for it. And then also in general, we got a lot of free resources on our site. So this is our blog page, for example. I'm not sure why the picture came out blurry. I do apologize. But we have these collections of blog posts to make it easy access for you. So for example, there's one on marketing your home staging business. There's one on starting your home staging business, et cetera, et cetera. So we make it super easy for you guys to access. And then we are also planning live pay workshops next quarter. So we got one coming up for sales. And I'm going to do a marketing series as well because people have been asking for it. So do keep an eye out for them. And if you're here watching live or watching the replay, this means you're on our email list already. So you'll need to join our email list again. We'll be sending these out in the newsletter.
So I want to tell you a little bit about a certification program. And if you don't want to join us, that's totally fine because I basically lay out a program as how I would approach if I were to start my home staging business again. So in our business, we have this thing called the stage path. This is specifically we designed with a curriculum developer for the career certification. So we call it stage, start, train, accelerate, grow, and then also expand. I think this is a really great step-by-step way to approach building your home staging business because from all the data we've been finding with our students and also by teaching as well, what are some of the things that stagers really need? You can basically follow the same framework, but this is how we're going to approach our certification program. So we break the program down in five phases. So in phase one, it's really about getting an overview of the business itself. I think this is really important when you're starting out your home staging business. You really need to do the research on what you're getting yourself into. Obviously, if you're in a course like this, we've done the research for you. So in the first month, you're going to have like overview of the progression of business development. What is it like for a home staging business owner? What exactly is home staging? How is it different than interior decorating or interior design? You also need to understand different business models that we talked about earlier, you know, like vacant, occupied, consultations, vacation, new construction. You know, there's many different paths you can take as a home stager. And you can specialize in more than one as well. And also just in general, setting up your key business foundation. So we have this beginner course called Five-Year Portal Plan that we're going to roll out later on officially, but we're going to break it apart in phases in our certification program. So in that, there's also going to be a business law basics course that we partnered up with our attorney because you really need to figure out what exactly you need to do to make sure that you are all set before you start working in people's home. And then for our program, it's a little bit different because you cannot move on to the next phase without passing everything in the milestone. And Courtney is going to be with us every single week to you know do check-in with you and to make sure that you are progressing nicely and on time. And so that, you know, for example, one of the things we do from phase one to phase two is a business foundation checklist. So what are the things that you already have you know, attorney that you're working with, do you have a CPA you're working with? Are you looking for insurance right now? What are the options, et cetera, et cetera. And this is not really a passive program. So I'm going to ask for receipts. I'm going to ask for screenshots and database and all this stuff. In phase two, we're going to start working on your skill set as a home stager. And I think that's really important because obviously that's part of the product you're delivering. So we're going to look at using design elements and principles to create a floor plan because obviously there's going to be traffic flow when people are going through open houses, once it's staged, and then also being photographed as well. One of the things that's really, I think, different than the traditional design course, because I also work as a photographer internationally. So a lot of it has also to do with how your work is going to get photographed. So composition principle is really important. Ultimately, is that I want to be able to train you to tell the story of who you are and tell that story through your visual presentation. So that is your portfolio. Nowadays, especially after COVID and lockdown, people are hiring on the internet first. They're going online, they're looking at your portfolio, they're looking at your social media. So it's really important for you to be able to tell the story of the home visually, in addition to tell them who you are as a home stager. So your presentation for your stage homes versus your home staging portfolio is gonna be a little bit different. So for us, Helping you to build and create your portfolio is all about client attraction. It's not about showcasing the house itself. And that's one of the common mistakes home stagers make when they're presenting their portfolio. They're taking photos from their photographer, from the real estate photographer, because that's a really different purpose. When real estate photographer taking the photos, they're focusing on making their room look bigger. They're not focusing on showcasing who you are as a stager. So we're going to put together that in phase two. And also we're going to start understanding the typical workflow of a home stager on the project as well. Different type of work is going to be slightly different. Obviously, vacant and occupied are the most obvious in terms of workflow differences. Because occupied, 
a homeowner is living in the home while you're selling, right? So they really need to be able to live with their design choices, with their staging choices. Whereas vacant, like I said, the dictatorship. So anything I put in goes. And so in this particular phase, the milestone would be you're going to do your very first test project and then get a photograph. And then we're going to use sort of those photos and then help you build your social media profile, specifically Instagram, and then also your website as well. Because once you start getting your project done, you got photos. And then we can use that for your website and for your social media. So you're going to have your very first portfolio and website review in phase two to graduate to phase three. So phase three, we're going to accelerate. So this is really when you need to go out there and then get jobs. So one of the things we're going to do in phase three is not only helping you to start building your marketing system, but also in phase three, the milestone would be the $10,000 challenge. So we're going to actually ask you to go out and start working. And the goal of the $10,000 challenge is like the name that you're going to make $10,000. So we're going to help you to help you figure out what are some of the ways for you to really go out there and get work. Because like I said earlier, this is something we find with our students that early on, they're getting all the education, they're getting the content, and they're not really absorbing it 100% until they're starting to work. This is really important because we also need data. So one of the things we want to do, and you should do this yourself when you're starting out, is to record everything about your projects. What went well? What didn't go well? What are some of the things you did that you really like? What are some of the things that you really like about this type of work? You really need to want to dissect it as a science project, essentially. You need to really learn lessons from each project. So we are going to be asking to see that during the review. We want to see the project photos, want to give you feedback and all that. And then at the same time, in phase three, this is a time you need to start learning how to work with agents and sellers, what the differences between those two, pricing your projects, really start pulling your contract together. Because now you're going to go out and start working officially. And then also marketing your home staging business. And then what are some of the things that you can do to streamline your operation? One of the things I really want to push for is learning how to develop your client experience. This is something that's really important. And we see it as a trend in the marketplace because millennials is a really growing population. They have a lot of buying power. And millennials love experiences. They prioritize that above anything else. They want authentic, organic relationship with the brand. They want to feel that the brand is personable and is trustworthy and also socially conscious, ideally. And so it's really important to figure out a way to how do I develop my client experience to make sure they feel taken care of in this entire process. So that's something we're going to put an emphasis on. So for the review, we're going to be touching on that as well. And then you're also going to get access to other courses in our arsenal. So you're going to finish out your five-figure floor plan. You're going to do the blogging and newsletter short course. We're also going to give you access to our pricing guide and also the marketing presentation course. And also Ali, our attorney partner, you're going to see her contract course as well. And you're going to get the template for your contract so you can work with your attorney locally. So in phase four, it's really about growing and expanding your business. That's what we're going to do in phase four and five. And if you're in a stage of working for a while and you feel like, you know, in the beginning, first three phases are just total beginner stuff, I already my first 10 grand, then you can just join us for phase four and five in January of next year. At this point, because now we got some data, you got your first 10 grand or three to four projects done. So you're going to start getting clarity in terms of what you like, what you don't like. What is it like for you to run a home staging business? Now you have the data. So we're going to start zoning in on your niche. What are some of the opportunities you see happening in the marketplace? So like last year, we did StagerCon. And then one of Stager was talking about, he's based in Detroit. So one of the things he realized was that a lot of builders he worked with are always looking for appliances for rent. So he was like, well, this is a great marketing opportunity and no one else is doing that in the marketplace. So that's what he did. He figured out how to essentially wholesale and then rent appliances to builders. And that became one of his big marketing differentiator. He knew what sell really well and what does really well in his market. And then he went for it. So those are some of the things I think is really important. Like we want to help you personalize your journey in building your home saving business. And so at this time, you're also going to take our six for a full plan course. This was our signature course. We're actually pulled off the market now. You cannot buy it at this point. We are actually tearing it down and remodeling it. Growing your business is like building a house. At some point, your house needs to remodel. And the same 
thing with our courses. So we're actually going to remodel six-figure floor plan, but you're going to take that in phase four. At this point, we're going to solidify the systems, the key system in your business and helping you to start building your workflow and then start improving efficiency. So at this point, we're going to start reviewing your marketing system, your operations, and also your client experience, and just continuously working on refining your portfolio. And the last phase is really about expansion. So we're prepping you to expand in the future. Obviously, it's impossible to do everything in nine months, but we want to focus or at least think about how can we future-proof your home staging business. We learned that the hard way during COVID. We see a lot of home stagers go out of business because they weren't ready to pivot. And it's really important to think about what are some of the things we can do as home stagers when things like COVID happen again. For example, we did our first year international home staging awards and one of the finalists in the Occupy Staging, Katie, who I just interviewed on the podcast as well, she was able to pivot very quickly and start doing online Occupy consultation. And the project that she got finalists for, I mean, you can go online and look at it. We have it linked on our website. And you can go on there and see Katie's work as well. I mean, immediately she was able to pivot. And same thing with this other Sager that attended SagerCon last year. He was sharing in the chat box that he realized they can still do vacant staging. They were based in Toronto. There was still high demand for staging, but because of no contact rule. So they were doing actually curbside drop-off. So there's actually things you can do to pivot for your home staging business. No matter what business you're in, you need to think of ways to future-proof your business. We never know. The bigger environment may change. But what we know now is that technology is going to be a key part in moving forward. So you also want to think about exit strategy. And that was really early on to think about in the beginning phase of your business. But I think it is important to think about. When you're selling your business down the line, let's say you want to sell it, everything we just built from phase one to four, your system, workflow, templates, those are all your intellectual property that you can sell when you leave your home staging business. Maybe you want to retire one day or whatever it is you want to sell. Those are all assets, including your inventory, including your client list. But the thing is that people need to be able to see those. If you're selling your home staging business and the broker coming to you, is, well, show me your assets. What can we sell possibly? And you're like, here's my binder for operation. Here's my employee manual. Here's my client list. People immediately be like, wow, that is so organized. We're basically ready to make an offer. And the other thing too we want to think about is develop revenue stream because you are going to grow bigger. And as you grow bigger, you're going to add on team members. So we see that with stagers as well. Like Anthea, one of our good friends based in Nashville, she's a great example. Like we started out around the same time and now her business, they just market themselves as a luxury stager in their market. Yeah, they still do starter homes, but her junior designers do that. So she has a designer team. They also start doing wholesaling furniture. You know, there's many different revenue streams you can tap into as a home stager. So at this phase in four and five, we're also going to start seeing guest mentors coming in to do workshops as well. And finally, to graduate, to earn your certification, we need to do a 360 review of your staging business. So we're going to be asking for everything. We're going to see your portfolio. We're going to do your website review, your social media your marketing plan, et cetera, et cetera. Because we want you to get out there and really rock it. We want you to feel very prepared to go out there in the real life. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging. Happy staging.